0: The book of Vayikra is most famous for talking about the laws of the Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. The sacrifices and tremendous, tremendous details—the inauguration, the kohen, and uh, later on the laws of purity and impurity, which are relevant for the temple, and so on and so forth. It's actually called Teiras Kehanim. The book of Leviticus is called the Teira for the Kehanim for the priests. And it has all the laws in meticulous detail of the sacrifices. Indeed, these are actually considered from the most difficult laws within Judaism. For those students of the Talmud, they can surely attest that the tractates in Seder Kajrim, the order that deals with sacrifices, are the most intricate and refined and very, uh, very difficult, extremely difficult. The most in the Talmud. And yet, there's a custom which dates back a few thousand years that when we learn with young children, we begin teaching them Torah, the first thing we teach them is the book of Ayikra. Why? So the Medrash explains that the reason is, and these are very magical, mystical words, and what the Rebbe wants to do is understand it. It says, Let the pure come and deal with purity deal with that which is pure the medrash goes so far as to say that this studying of the book of Ayikra by the children, this is what the whole world stands upon like I said, very mysterious words, what, what's it supposed to mean let the pure, fine so we know what it means, the children are pure in fact one medrash even spells it out they don't even know what the taste of desire, of sin of what it is so they're not even shaykh, they're not even connected to sin. But what do you mean, let those who are pure deal with that which is pure? It sounds like the very thing you're dealing with is pure. I mean, it's as pure as you make it. If, if you keep it pure, then it's pure. If not, then not. In fact, a living animal can't even become impure. And, and a greater question not only why do we call the sacrifices pure? What's the what's this mean? The world stands on this. And 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 how does this explain why for thousands of years the children are studying start studying the book of Vayikra? Nowadays the custom is they don't stay with Vayikra. They they learn a little Vikra and then they move to Bracious, they go they they follow the regular curriculum, they go back to the beginning, but they're supposed to begin from Vayikra. But why what what is the significance? Maybe they should start from B'raishis because the whole world is stands on to rabban. The whole world stands on the mouths of the children who are studying Torah. So Bereshis baralikim as Hashem creates heaven and earth. The the, the the what's what's the significance of this concept? you to this. and this is mamish. The whole world stands on this. The medrash Tanhum states. What is what is this supposed to mean? Why is this uh why is this where it's at? And essentially the explanation is the follows that the following <clears throat> that children aren't just it's not just that they're pure, it's that they they can't even sin. They're not even within the realm of possibility of sin. They don't even know the taste of a sin. They don't even know. They have not. The whole, they could do whatever they want. We don't even have to have laws for them, because they're they're so so they're so pure that they have no desire to sin. And what this means on a deeper level is not just oh children are so pure. They're so innocent. There's a reason for that. The reason why children are not even it's not even possible for them to sin is because their relationship with God, what they represent within the Jewish community, is the essential bond with God Almighty, which is completely not dependent upon what we do or what we don't do. The essential connection that Hashem chooses the Jewish people. Hashem chose us. And it's such a deep level of connection. And it goes, runs so deep that because a child has that relationship with God, therefore, we don't even need to discuss the mitzvahs and what to do and what not to do. It doesn't even need to be articulated. It's not even within the realm of possibility as a outcome of this reality that this connection which exists in this stage of existence. Once the child grows a little older, even before Bar and Bas Mitzvah, when they begin to do Chinuch, they begin to have, to have education. So they're preparing for the moment when they're going to do and act, and it's very important that they follow Torah Mitzvahs and so on and so forth. And how much more so, after they turn Bar and Bas Mitzvah, the whole focus is on our actions and what we do. We have special moments, of course, in Kippur, whatever it may be, where we re- enter into that inner sanctum, into that place of truth, our essence of the essence of our being which is not dependent upon our actions the fact that the essential connection that the Gemara says in the Tractate of Kedushin, that even if a Jew is an Hashem said it's my child, the Gemara says this very very clearly, articulates it very very clearly And it's not my bad children, the Gemara goes on to say. No, it's my beloved children. Which is the worst sin in the Torah. Nevertheless, I can never exchange them. I can never remove my love from them. There's an essential connection and because we have that essential connection, this is what pushes us and drives us to do the Torah Mitzvahs. Not in order to create a connection with God, but because we have a connection with God. And the only way to express that connection is through Torah Mitzvahs. And that is what a child represents. And this, the whole world stands on this essential connection because this lies at the core of reality, <clears throat> and how is this revealed through the children beginning to learn the Book of Ayikra? to <speaking in> hide <Hebrew> These children who are so disconnected from sin, so pure. Yis but to hide him? What do you mean? Deal with carbonis to hide him? So here we have an interesting idea that Ebbe introduces to us. Now, why would you call sacrifice pure? So, the only time that's historically that the uh, Hagdara, to use the Hebrew word, that the definition of a karban is its purity is before the giving of the Torah. Because the, 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 the before the giving of the Torah, the only condition is that the animal has to be kosher. You could offer any animal, you could offer a deer. You could offer a buffalo, you could offer an antelope, right? I believe an antelope is kosher. But um, uh, it has to be a kosher animal with split hooves. And that, that, that's the only condition. <clears throat> and we find this by Noyach. And according to the Gemara, we even find this by Adam Harishin, the first man. It says he brought a sacrifice, Vesita Vlashen Mishar Par Makrin Mafris, that it was Mafris, that it had split hooves. And the Gemara clearly says in the Tractate of Zvachim that there was no concept of kosher and not kosher. All animals were kosher before the giving of the Torah. So yet, why all of a sudden when it came to sacrifices was there this definition that the animals have to be tahirin? And the answer is because what sacrifice represents, what a real karbon represents, especially the sacrifice of noyach, which the Torah clearly tells us had to be was pure, had to be pure. It represents the essential bond of a Jew with Hashem, which is beyond the giving of the Torah. In other words, it's timeless. In other words, before even the Torah was given, this essential connection was there already. Hashem already chose the souls of Israel. Noach, when it's when Hashem remembered Noach, he was remembering the Jews who are going to be produced from Noach. He loved. He was remembering the souls of Israel. This is why we mention it, the story of remembering Nayak on Rosh Hashanah. You remembered Nayak with love. It's explained in Chassidus and Kabbalah that it's referring to this love for the Jewish people. So, because Karbanis, and this is what Karbanis represent, and being that Karbanis represent the essential bond of Hashem with the Jewish people, which is really the secret of Karbanis, the Zayar says. That de the secret of the carbon ascends to the secret of God. What is the secret? What is the mystery of a carbon? Why would Jews have a physical animal as a sacrifice? And the answer is that it represents this bond that Hashem chooses the Jew, including their flesh, including what you would consider not important, consider mundane you would consider you would say oh it's not spiritually refined it's not worship it's not service it's not meditation the essential being just like a child you love the child they don't have to they don't have to give speeches they don't have to be they don't have to express nice me. This They're essential being. This is the animal represented, which represents this concept. The carbon comes to the word closeness. is an essential bond an essential essential closeness. And this is what carbon is always represented, even before the giving of the Torah, which is why they had to be tahirin. And therefore, when we're trying to define what a carbon is, it's yavayu <speaking in Spanish> tahidim. deal with that which is pure. In other words, a child is like. Is, 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 is has that essential bond, that essential purity, which is literally like the carbon before the Torah was given, because a child is higher than the Torah. Almost, you could say, you could almost say, before the Torah was given, from Avram, Yitzchak, like and Yaakov until the Torah is given, that's like the state of education, and then of course the Torah being given is uh, after the is like after being bar and b'as mitzvah.